Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Guess who's back? Yeah, I was... You know who's not? Netflix. We did. We talked about him. We're the anti-Jim Kramers. Yeah. We're the makers and shakers. The anti-Jim Kramers. I like that. I'll put that on my resume. What's the thing that he always talks about his wife eating? Oh, it's. I think it's Wendy's. There was a there was a bit on uh, John Oliver some weeks ago about that. And it was. Oh, it was yeah. Very, it was very weird and very funny. Yeah, it was. I was. Funny is an interesting choice of words. I've, I mostly focused on the uncomfortable and weird part, but mm. I, I, I can sort of see how you would find it funny. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I was out last week because I had just been in New York for a few days and my schedule when I got back was pretty hairy. Uh, but back in the swing of things and, and Pierce, you told us a story uh, this week that was so bizarre that it it sparked it sparked a whole different thread of conversation you told us that in some form or fashion in your childhood you were required required is the correct term yeah essentially the right term. as payment to receive kentucky fried chicken which watch Parenthetically, we should add, it's sad enough that KFC, and I, I grew up in Alexandria, Virginia. This is when I was in Alexandria and when I moved a little bit west. That was that was like the peak fast food option other than pizza <laughs> or McDonald's. There was no Burger yeah. King or anything. It was pizza, McDonald's, or KFC. But go on. Um, and, and so uh, so obviously, whoever was, was giving you uh, the, the, the chicken had to exchange money for it. Uh, but they didn't, uh, they didn't come to you and say, I would like money to cover the cost of this KFC. Instead, you had to pay by watching the movie Flubber? Correct. How is it possible that that's correct? How is it even earthly, like in the earthly realm of possibility that that is correct? I, I don't really know how it started. Um, you know, I'm looking right now. Uh, the, Flubber is an interesting film because it was marketed in some really key ways. And I think we're going to get into this. One, it's a Disney movie. So you've got the cachet there. It's like, oh, this will probably be pretty good. Two, it had Robin Williams in it. And it came out in 1997. So this is peak Robin Williams. You, you In many ways, you want to get it. This is a John Hughes screenplay, which I did not realize. But for the adults around, they're like, oh, I grew up with John Hughes. This is great. My six, seven-year-old is going to love this. Um, and and so there, there's a lot of positive stuff. It's also and a remake. It's also a remake. We, we're in early remake realm. And you have the, the one of the characters is this CGI goo stuff called Flubber, which had many 
um, like product tie-ins for kids because it could be a, a toy or a collectible, this, this goop stuff. Um, and so that has some appeal until you hit until you end up you're like 13 years old and there is still this expectation that if you want kfc we have to watch flubber which you know it's we're all for 90 minute movies here or i am especially it is a 93 minute movie that is still far too long for dinner with your family or for watching that movie just in particular. And it is with time and age and maturity that that becomes clear. And I think that had us thinking, so with the the light and wisdom or something like that of years, you realize, wow, that movie was bad. But why was it so appealing? And are there things that were appealing then that, that do stand the test of time and wisdom? Yes, Max. Well, I'd like to know right off the bat, you're saying that with time and, and wisdom, you reflect that that movie was bad. And I'm curious not, yeah. if you've seen it recently no. and then said, oh, it's bad, or if you're just remembering it. Because I have trouble remembering, when I remember Flubber, I remember it fondly, because to your point, as a kid, I really enjoyed that movie. We watched it, I think, multiple times a year. Yeah. It was a one, it, like you, it was a, it was a regular occurrence. Um, but I don't, but, but I haven't watched it in at least, what, 20 years? So I, yeah. I don't remember, I don't, I can't say with hindsight, oh, it wasn't actually a good movie. I, I don't know that it wasn't. What is I watched happening? the trailer today. You watched what? The trailer? The trailer. I've actually today. watched the trailer somewhat recently because it is hilarious. <laughs> uh, what is happening here? Am I the only one that didn't watch Flubber more than maybe twice in my life? I, I mean, I guess I guess so. And yes. and also I'm I'm not suggesting that I want to go back and rewatch it, but I'm pretty sure it is not that good. And a lot of the laughs and enjoyable parts are probably in the trailer. But yeah, I, it's more, it, to your point, Max, it's it's less that, that the movies are necessarily bad upon, upon revisiting, but the appeal to them certainly has, has changed. I, I do think it's a little bit different, but maybe it's the same. Um, just to give an example of something that we all have rewatched recently, I believe, and, and we recognize is it, it is appealing to a wide... Uh, wide swath of people um including children and adults is something like shrek which is a risky kids movie like you should probably be 11 or 12 to see it um i i feel like um but uh it is also very funny and very enjoyable as as an adult like i've watched it in the last year or so and i'm like wow shrek is is a good movie i would go rewatch that i would watch that multiple times a year probably and i would have said the same thing 20 years ago I, I remain fascinated by this because there's I don't think there's any movie that I watch multiple times in any year, but I, but so when you were a kid you didn't have like phases where you would just watch one I, movie I, no no sorry I'm, or I'm have like I'm a talking, set of VHSs that you just watched because you no no, no 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 I'm I'm talking yeah. about like I'm talking about like high school on me mm -hmm. uh, the That's the movie fine. the movie that I have seen. By far the most times, I think, as like a, a adolescent to adult, is probably Fight Club, um, because I had a, a group of friends in high school that wanted to watch that movie all the time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've never. I think in in much the same way that I am not a 
big rereader of books necessarily. Like, I don't find myself going back and, and having movies that I watch and watch again regularly. But I do sort of go back from time to time and may dip a toe back into certain things. Like, I... Uh, so, when the Batman, the new the Batman was coming out, uh, I did go back and watch uh, Batman Begins. So, we watched... Emily and I went to see Batman... The Batman. It's weird to say the Batman. Um, <laughs> so we went to see the Batman and Emily loved it and was like, I want to watch the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I was like, okay, we can do that. Uh, we watched half of Batman Begins. She fell asleep. I watched the rest of Batman Begins. I watched The Dark Knight. Um, and and that was that. Was that. Um, but... I'm sure I'm getting my timeline wrong. Oh no, we saw we saw a few minutes of the Dark Knight Rises on uh, on HBO in a hotel, and that was what prompted it. That's that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, no, we gotta, we can't go through this. We gotta, we have to go back. You have to see how Batman begins. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I don't necessarily have that same that same impulse. I'm I'm sort of. I don't know why it is. I I don't. I'm I'm perfectly happy with like the nostalgia, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and I think too, it's it's those are kind of uh, more formative years, I guess I would say. I mean, I don't know what you would call for you know the the high school, the the teenage right. years versus the the preteen years. I mean, Kevin and Max, I I don't know about what it would be for you, but uh, you know those those v, VHS timeline like we're we're talking about something you would watch on a vhs and then you'd watch again you know now you're talking about dvds if not blu-ray movies sean or even streamed movies um the first time you saw them i'm thinking of uh you know 101 dalmatians that's that's a vhs that in jungle book those are vhs's that i burned uh, burned through um max you actually had an interesting example recently which I don't know. I think maybe it's just on the cusp, but but the Mummy movies, um, oh. which which I think we talked about recently as like a fascinatingly uh, a franchise that actually did really well, and I think we've completely forgotten about it. Um, but it is maybe right on that. I don't think of it as something that's really welcoming to to kids because it is an action movie plus kind of a scary impact. It is dead things. But um, I mean, that's one that you, you know, revisiting is an interesting occurrence. Yeah, I, I was at a yard sale and someone had a, a, a Blu-ray copy of the trilogy um, for a dollar. So I've watched The Mummy and The Mummy Returns over the past two days. Um, they were scary as a kid. I mean, I saw them when they came out. I was right around the age when we were probably just old enough to essentially see those movies in theaters. And they were terrifying um you know the cgi doesn't really hold up which i think everyone knows everyone remember i think everyone vividly remembers the scene from the mummy returns where Dwayne the rock johnson shows up for the first time as the scorpion king and it looks like a a really bad playstation one enemy (laughs) um but i would take a quick poll here has anyone on this podcast seen the third movie in the mummy trilogy or heard of it and can name it because that was a the mummy was like a big deal for us 
No. Uh, the Mummy did come out in 1999, so I think it. I think it's in this realm. It was probably originally oh, yeah. released on a, a you know, um, a, a VHS. But I could not tell you the third movie. Not only can I nope. not do it, I did not see the first two either. Well, that is stunning. That was such a formative <laughs> movie to me. I didn't the, see did him. you at least see the Scorpion King or the Scorpion King two? That's I, what I made Dwayne the Rock Johnson famous as an actor. <laughs> Um, so the one thing I will say about that movie is like no, when you're talking no, about you nostalgia. Know what? No, the Attitude Era is what made Dwayne Johnson famous as an actor. Um, all of the above, perhaps. <laughs> um, the fascinating thing for me with The Mummy specifically is like when we talk about how we remember movies like this versus how we would see them now is very different. Like I remember The Mummy, like you just said, is like action packed, scary. So like in my head, I was like, oh, it's probably similar to like kind of like a Bond slash Indiana Jones movie. And it's trying to be. It is trying to be. But, oh, wow, I yeah. did not realize how much comedic relief that movie has. It is like borderline slapstick throughout the entire thing. Intentionally uh, so? Yes. Oh, interesting. And I okay. didn't. Rem- and as, as a kid, you don't, like, maybe notice the subtle humor. So you're just scared, like, oh, mummies, scarabs. But, like, it's it's so ridiculous. Right. Right. Well, I mean, some of it's watch- intentional and some of it is that the CGI is just 1999 CGI. Yeah. Right, well, like when I watch, you know, modern kids movies, I am picking up on so many jokes that I'm like, there's no way I would get this as a kid. And I'm like, did they ha- have those been around the whole time? Or yes, yes, they- yes. the answer is absolutely yes. D- Disney is one of the, the best at, at those. And I think that's what... I mean, Shrek, you knew that there were jokes there a little more. They they look they look you in the eye and say, I'm telling a joke for you adults out there. Whereas Disney, I think that they are they are more often in passing. And that's what makes them uh, more rewarding um, now. But but Max, to your point um, and not I don't think this this derails, but there this this is a formula. What you're talking about with the mummy is is an action adventure that ha- does have scary components and. Um, that but there's that humor in there and some of it is slapstick that's what indiana jones is there's so much like stupid stuff that that they are doing the entire time and it's funny but then it's back to like well now we gotta go fight the nazis like there's just this transition of like if we're going to do all of this we can't we can't take brendan Fraser or whoever and, and just be like let's fight the evil the whole time it's like let's have our our handsome guy do something funny yeah, and, and I think that that, you know, I, I think part of what we're talking about here, and, and, and Max hit the nail on the head with the distinction between actually revisiting these movies now as adults or just, you know, sort of thinking back on them as you saw them when you were younger is one is about the movie itself this this work of cinematic art and the other is about that too but it's not really when you watch the mummy in you know in 2022 as a 30 year old it's bad or or or, you know whatever it's or it's not as good as you remembered it or whatever or or it's great whatever fine it's actually pretty good it's very entertaining it's just different. i'm not instead of yeah. like scary and action-packed it's like ridiculous and funny fair so yeah maybe it's bad but i like nick cage but, movies, but, but so. anyway but the but the point i'm trying to make is that 
the difference between that and thinking about the times that you watched The Mummy when you were mm-hmm. seven or eight is that really you are recollecting an experience. Mm-hmm. And that's it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do think with recollecting these experiences, um, part of it is these some of these movies that were maybe better or are certainly uh more nostalgic is that you they're presented in a way that for someone who has not developed all the emotions and feelings and how to process them um it is presented in a way that you get it um i'm going to throw out now what i find to be a a really good example of this when i went back and watched it was not as good compared to the vhs version is um star wars return of the jedi there's nothing cooler than um lovable animals conquering an evil that that is a silly evil in terms of the stormtroopers who are doofuses and stuff like that and on endor they 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 rise up and the little bears win against odds they are throwing rocks and sticks you get that as a kid there's also tie-ins there are things you can buy you feel one with this story you can remember that fondly when you go back and watch the movie as an adult you're like why george why'd you do that like like what what happened here um for that to happen it's still fun but you realize that the fun you had was much better when you were a person who some of those you know easy softball plot lines were more appealing well yeah and some of that is just that when you're a kid you're not a cynical jaded dickhead and and like you so now because i have also i guess i've recently like within the last three to five years watched all of the the original six star wars movies again and uh, agreed return of the jedi is is not it's not good to to watch it now but you know part of that is just that you're you're cursed with the knowledge of you know like this is not a documentary about a battle that happened it's not telling a realistic narrative of of how this uh, this you know interstellar military conflict would happen if it were if it were real it would be uh, more like you know i don't know it would be less like 300 and more like the actual battle of thermopylae uh, where the stormtrooper army would absolutely just destroy the little teddy bears. But, you know, the purpose of these movies is to tell a story about heroes rising up and defeating the dark side and whatever you've got to do to make that story happen, you're going to do it, which is why, I, I don't know, in the entire series, like, you know, this is an exaggeration, but essentially no stormtrooper, this no member of this elite fighting force ever hits a person with a gunshot at any point. Like, wh- sounds what like kind a kid's of shit movie. is that? Right, it exactly. Sounds like a kid's movie. It sounds like a kid's movie because Star Wars are kids' movies. Yeah, well, how much of, of that is... Well, I guess you're saying it wouldn't apply to... A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back, but just the the CGI not really keeping up with 
things in terms of how the movie is impacted when you go back and watch it. So like in Return of the Jedi, I guess the, I'd say the main difference is that it at the end you have a, the big the big fight and then after you've seen lightsaber fights, subsequent lightsaber fights, that one's like, eh. I mean, part of the difference with that though also is that, you know, I, when we saw those movies as kids, they were already old. Star- a New Hope was 77? 77. Correct. You know, yeah. uh, so like, I, I guess I, I don't have nearly as much of a problem, I don't think, with like, you know, CGI being real dated just because those movies were already dated by the first time I got to them. Yeah, sure, I, I don't but think I the guess CGI... You... I don't But I don't even know. if you just like... Ex- take the example to like the mummy instead when you saw the mummy when you were younger it was cutting edge cgi well, and now that is what i was gonna jump to because so. now it's like yeah. that was that was right at that peak period where they were like guys we can just do the whole movie cgi it looks awesome <laughs> and that's literally what they did with the mummy returns and uh honestly i don't know it's not as bad as like people make it out to be like there is the, there is the one scene where the rock shows up for the first time that is as bad but it, it doesn't take away from the enjoyment of the movie but it might take away from it if like it takes away from the horror element for sure mm. because the the half dead bodies don't look very real i guess sort of a corollary to the thing that happens in movies where like any movie that is set in roughly the same time period that it comes out in is not going to age well from like a dating oh. standpoint. Well, the mummy is but, set in the 1930s. <laughs> oh, weird. But, but period pieces, you know, period pieces don't suffer from quite the same concerns because you set everybody's expectations going in. And I think the same sort of thing happens with star Wars where like, you know, you're taking it out of the earthly realm and away from like what it was a long, uh, long know. time ago. Right. <laughs> exactly. You're just, you're taking it out of the realm of what your viewers everyday life is grounded in. And so it's a little harder for you to see that again later and be like, wow, that's, you know, it's really, it's weird that they, no one ever, it's weird that in this horror movie, no one ever took out their cell phone. Yeah, and that, that happens a lot in just like your '90s and 2000s action movies. I feel like yes, yeah. So like at the um, at the the rec center here, they I guess they have TNT on the night before to show the NBA games. But then when I'm there in the morning, it's like TNT showing reruns of Triple X with Vin Diesel, and I don't have any nice. sound. But I'm like I'm like, there's this movie looks awful, and I probably thought it was so cool when it came out. I can, I can confirm that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Xander Cage. Yeah. I think is his and, name. And yeah, that that well, I, I never saw that movie, but but that speaks to also that there was this transitional period from like childhood optimistic movies into the ones that's like, hey, you want to be a, a we're 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 four four males here who grew up in this time frame it's like hey you want to be a macho adventure male or or whatever here's this movie literally called triple x and and you should go see it because it's going to teach you how to be be a man and whatever and that's a different kind of like weird nostalgia that that 
I don't have as much just because that wasn't playing in, in my household. But I, I can definitely like that. That is a thing, too. I mean, the first Fast and the Furious movies, too. It's like I think that there was a group of people that I was around that were really impacted by those and have this affinity for cars that maybe hadn't existed in, I don't know, 25 years in the American canon because of stuff like this. It's like, ah, this is this is the the way it's going to be i'm going to be someone who's into effectively hot rods but now we call them a different name or something they were just waiting for the remake of the italian job yes which ruined someone else in this group wait what i said it ruined that movie ruined max i don't know if it ruined this you know It led me to have a, a multi-year relationship with a small car that wasn't terribly functional, but it was fun. <laughs> I mean, and I know how many pounds of gold I can put in it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean that that that's neither here nor there. But I I am curious as. Um, I, I have I feel like I've done a bit of this and I like you Sean I'm not someone who goes back and like rewatches or or rereads books often but I, I've tried to do that a little bit more and if if I may I may suggest one thing that if you like me engaged with it a lot when younger and you're hesitant to go back um, because you have fears of things that are say musicals um, or or you just don't want to have too much Christmas movie action going on. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol movie, which involves um, Michael Caine, quote unquote, singing in part of it. You might think I, I'm never going back to that. No way. It's a very good movie, like a legitimately good adaptation of that story. And it is not overwrought in any way. And I think it's about 80 to 90 minutes. So it's it's perfect. And I was surprised to go back and say, nope. I, I liked the characters as as a youth and was uh, found that appealing, and it was still good viewed as a film. I'm glad you said that because I realized that Fight Club is absolutely under no circumstances the movie I have seen the most times as an adolescent to adult. It is uh, Christmas Story. Oh, that's it's it's the only movie that I watch every year. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think that holiday movies are their own kind of special genre where, like, you only watch them at one time of year, generally speaking, but kind of everyone watches them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I wonder if they're maybe a little bit immune to this, to that this might sort of be like having to go back there. and revisit phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I think there's also like the 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 kids movies in particular and especially the animated movies the Disney movies they tend to just for a variety of reasons age better right like they didn't have maybe risque or questionable well, uh, topics to tend to they don't have the they special age effects way, issues way way worse yeah I mean I you can't watch you can't rewatch yeah, Peter can't. Pan how about that one there's there are some that there are some ago. that you literally can't watch anymore yeah i mean you can't watch the aristocats that we are no no lady and the tramp you can't watch the lady and the tramp that we grew up with anymore disney won't show it have you ever seen song of the south i know and what, i don't think I'm that's what to. i thought i mean they they used to show it in the, the schools here i'm pretty sure but i i don't even know if they do that anymore 
Yeesh. <laughs> but yeah, similarly, I like something that I was really into as uh, yeah, like a t- early teenager, along with all the other early teenagers in town, was that we were all really obsessed with um, Adam Sandler and. <laughs> Going back and watching those, I think that I would another corollary to toss out there is maybe that the only comedy I, I'm excluding romantic comedies, but the only like comedies that age well are sports comedies. Because the only one, because Happy Gilmore I still loved, but all the other Adam Sandler movies I uh, is is know, that because people who watch, watch who watch uh, sports comedy movies are in a state of arrested development and their uh their their sense of humor just doesn't age beyond like getting kicked in the balls jokes like that's that's it that is always going to be the funniest thing thing for them yeah yeah Yeah, i i don't i don't know uh that's uh it's a that's a weird one sandler sandler's a weird one i feel like the wedding singer holds up pretty well uh, sure. And that's not a, well, that's I, so not a movie. So that's for... one I didn't like because I didn't get much of the humor when I first watched it, and I was expecting another famously, and, famously yeah. not a kids movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's uh, let's maybe wrap up if we got any final thoughts uh, on this, but otherwise we can uh, we can forge ahead to Pierce's sorry. Uh, what are you apologizing for today? Well, I realized that last week when you weren't here, Sean, I I apologized about an architectural thing. And when I uh, recognize the thing I'm apologizing for this week, it is apologizing to a, a specific arena. Um, I did not give State Farm Arena here in Atlanta enough credit. Um, I have... As anyone would approach arena um, on my feet, so so I see it in front of me and the entrances and everything else. What I have subsequently seen in watching the playoffs is there is a shot they do of State Farm Arena, and the, you know there's there's steel and it creates these um, you know kind of supports that you that you you know walk by when you're approaching. And you're like, all right, fine. These are kind of in the way of me entering the arena. They're kind of annoying. But if you see it from above and really far above, like if you're in a drone, which you wouldn't be in a drone because that's not how they work, um, but they spell out Atlanta and it looks very cool. So I'm sorry, State Farm Arena, for not giving you the credit you maybe deserve for what I think is a nice design quirk. But I'll just say that like, you can't see that from the ground. So it's, I'm glad, hey, I'm glad that they're still playing there. Um, certain racist uh, franchises in the area wanted to get out of town as soon as they could. Um, so glad the Hawks are staying there. Um, but, you know, State Farm Marina, I'm, I'm giving you a little bit more credit, but it would be nice if I could see it when I'm entering the arena as a, as a paying, paying visitor and customer. Okay, uh, an apology paired with a, a suggestion. Hey. Uh, a bit of a challenge. Stay, but be better. That doesn't sound so much like an apology. If you bought anymore. a beer while you were there, I don't think you need to apologize to the arena. <laughs> yeah, it's also, true. Yes. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. Okay, well, we'll do a big idea from pop culture. And because I I was gone for a bit, I've, I've accumulated a few. Um 
One is that I was a guest on a podcast this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a uh, a girl who went to uh, Maryland as an undergrad and started a project in the pandemic where she would do a podcast interviewing alums of the Maryland Journalism School about you know their time in school and and how it helped prepare them for their career what they're doing now uh and i was the guest this week so i got to Hmm. talk about talk about data journalism and be a be a bit of a dork uh so that was kind of neat the podcast is called on the record with ambi ambi if if you are interested in hearing me wax about spreadsheets for 10 minutes um i could also tell you to go watch uh, the NBA uh, video compiling the Pelicans fourth quarter defensive plays from game four against the Suns uh, because I've watched uh, it about you're 10 missing times the popular already. in pop culture. You know, no one's here that's, for that. That's nope. fair. So instead, what I will say is that the actual big idea from pop culture this week is that while I was in New York uh, visiting my family, my brother and I went to go see a Big Thief concert. And we did that because we had tickets to see Spoon, only their show got postponed by three weeks. And I said, well, okay, I'm not going to be in New York three weeks from now, so what are we supposed to do about this? Uh, but we were able to to hot swap in a new a new show and i was a little skeptical because recorded big thief is not necessarily totally my jam it's a little woodsier and and folkier than is than what i typically enjoy listening to uh but they were they were playing at this venue in brooklyn called king's theater which is like an old like movie palace type place it's sort of like if the um the bird in richmond or the paramount in charlottesville were like an order of magnitude bigger mm-hmm. uh, like lots of ornate sort of decoration around you know around the the walls and the ceiling and whatnot and it's it was one of the best shows i've ever seen i've it's been a long time since i've seen a live band that was that tight and they kind of crank up the volume and, and really let it rip uh, when they're when they're performing live. Adrian Linker is an <laughs> unbelievable guitar player, so would highly highly recommend if you have a chance to see Big Thief live. As Pierce, as you, you put it, when I told you that this was happening, uh, they're they're a, a band operating at a very high frequency right now. Yeah, they're who's who's the guy who played Fredo? Uh, John Cazale. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're in one of his stretches, the stretch before he he died uh, very early. But that's what they're doing, and you're like, "What do you mean?" And it's like, "What? I, go look it up. Just just trust." Really, was a hell of a stretch. Made he only made five movies before he died: Godfather one, Godfather two, I believe the conversation, uh, Dog Day Afternoon, Dog Day Afternoon, and the Deer Hunter. Yes, which holy fuck that's a record yes. um yes uh that that is what is happening let's let's just hope that they keep doing it for longer uh okay we'll uh close as we do with a big uh, 
nope, we already did that. Instead, we will close with a Rolling Stone Rock trivia question. Uh, and this one is, who was the first musical guest to ever appear on Saturday Night Live? Was it A, Paul Simon, B, Randy Newman, C, Phoebe Snow, or D, Billy Preston? A. I, I believe it was A. I'll be uh, mad at myself if I don't say that and get it wrong. I'll say D for variety's sake. All right. Paul Simon was not the first musical guest on SNL. I, bo- I believe he was maybe the was third. The second? Second or third. He's, he's the only one of those four that I follow on social media, and they always post the f- videos of him performing on the, one of the first SNLs, so... Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, it was, however, Billy Preston. So Kevin hey. got it right. I don't even know who Billy Preston is. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Billy Preston. He sounded like someone. So Billy Preston in the 70s, like at, at one time was like a the sort of touring keyboard player with the Rolling Stones. Had a couple hits of his own. Nothing from nothing. Will it go around in circles? He's mm. he's that dude. Very funky. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I can totally imagine why you would not necessarily recognize him offhand uh but yeah billy preston yeah. first musical guest it wasn't, in the history of snl i figured it wasn't randy newman because if it was this show might not have made it to episode two <laughs> <laughs> gonna play a little ditty called short people everybody you ready <laughs> oh all right uh well that's that's the show you can find us at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com you can also subscribe to the pod feed on your app of choice. If you do that, please tell a friend about the show. We would love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Okay.